Our scripture today comes from Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 2. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they've struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. And all of these verses, the one I think is most important for us today is the one that says, the Lord is near. When you can see Jesus the Savior and when you cannot, he is near. This is the basis of all our hope. Let us pray. We've gathered here to encounter your word, O God. So as you've promised, come and be near. Be gracious to our seeking. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Late at night, when you are unable to sleep, the clock on the nightstand becomes your grand inquisitor. You try to think happy thoughts, you try to will yourself to sleep, but eventually you open your eyes and you surrender to the numbers on the clock. 201. 2.02. 2.03. You're thinking about how much work you have to get done in the next two weeks, and you don't see how it's going to happen. Or maybe you're thinking about the terrible conflict that erupted over the Thanksgiving holidays. Or maybe you're thinking about that strange lump that you found on your body. 204. 205. 206. Or maybe the reason that you are wide awake at night is not because of such drama. Maybe the problem is that there is no drama, no calling, no high ideals that either inspire or conflict you. 207, 208, 209, and the numbers on the clock are silently screaming to you late at night that you're running out of time. And you're not going to be able to argue yourself out of these anxieties. Not the late night ones. Now during the day when we're permitted the narcotic of busyness, we can numb ourselves from these anxieties and fears. But late at night, when you're undefended, 
the monsters under the bed come to life. And again, you're not going to argue yourself out of them. No one ever argues himself out of being afraid. Every time you come up with a reason for why you think that what you're afraid of may not happen, you come up with two more for why it could happen. That's the way anxiety works. It's not a rational thing, therefore you can't argue yourself out of it. Everyone who's parented a child realizes this. When your child screams in the middle of the night that there are monsters, what loving parent would stand in the bedroom doorway and say, now we've talked about this. This is completely irrational. There's no such thing as monsters. No, the parent rushes to the child lovingly embraces the child and says, I'm here, I'm here. And the child is thinking about the love of the parent, not the monster anymore. This is what Paul means when he says, the Lord is near. Paul realizes we can't be argued out of our anxieties. No, it requires perfect love, which alone casts out fear. It was an anxious time for the church in Philippi. We don't know all the reasons why. doesn't matter. It's always an anxious time for the church. That's why we have to hold dear to these important promises, like the Lord is near. But we do know at least one of the reasons for anxiety at Philippi. Two of the leaders of the church, Euodia and Syntyche, had developed quite an argument. We know that these women were powerful, influential leaders, because Paul refers to them by name. Paul actually cares for both Euodia and Syntyche. He admires them. He considers them people who struggled beside him in the work of the gospel. We don't know what the issue was between them. Doesn't matter. We often forget about the issues and only remember the people and the hurt and the fallout that's left after these hard arguments. My guess is that the argument had spread, which is why Paul's concerned about it. People had probably taken up sides. Maybe they were talking about it over coffee after worship. Maybe because Euodia and Syntyche were obviously committed people struggling for the gospel, maybe they're awake at two in the morning thinking about their convictions in this argument. I have to say, I take some comfort in knowing that the Philippian church had arguments. Because all churches have arguments. But we tend to be sentimental about the early church. We think that that's when the love of the church was pristine and when it was uncomplicated and people were just really devoted to each other back then. In the midst of our own arguments in the church, if you really want to throw the trump card, you say, well, in the early church, they dot, dot, dot. But no, the Philippian church had anxieties and it had its arguments. And this is, this is one of them. We argue because we can't fix something in the world. We can't fix it at home and we can't fix it in our own life. So we bring these arguments to the church where it's easier to exert influence and to be powerful. And I suppose that's part of the church's mission. If we want to be one of the realms of redemption, then there should be things in the church that need to be redeemed. 
including our arguments. Notice how Paul responds to these women, though. He doesn't take a side in the argument. He doesn't scold the women. He doesn't throw fuel on the fire by fretting publicly about the unity of the church. And he doesn't come up with our favorite response, which is to ask for more information. In other words, gossip. No, the apostle just says these two women should have the mind of the Lord. That's all he has to say. They should have the mind of the Lord. Since they both have called Jesus Christ their Savior, they are united in Christ, which means they are also united to each other in a relationship centered in Christ. All relationships in Christian community are mediated by Jesus Christ, which means that Jesus Christ is always between us, which means the Lord is always near. And so is the perfect love that cast out fear and anxieties. It's striking that Jesus was, was so often in conflict, but never really in, in an argument. That's because when he was in a conflict, he stated the truth clearly and humbly, and then he stepped back and allowed his words to either be convicting or to fall to the ground. But in an argument, we try to push the truth. And we resort to trying to convince with blame or worse, ridicule. The truth is the truth. It has its own power. It doesn't need to be pushed. So have the mind of Christ and give up the arguments. One of the worst things about arguments is that they, um, they disguise an internal ambivalence that we all live with on most issues. Euodia and Syntyche both live inside us. Now we may prefer one voice more than the other, but we can never extinguish the other side of the argument. That's why we prefer to work this internal conflict out into an argument in the community. It's always easier to work on them than it is ourselves. But the Lord is near to Yodia. The Lord is near to Syntyche. The Lord is near to every part of your divided heart, even the ones you don't prefer. Even those parts have received the gracious, unconditional love of God. You have to see that in order to be able to pursue truth with some complexity without trying to turn it into an argument. Because the truth is frequently complex. I think one of the purposes of theological education is to be able to handle nuance. And this is what Paul means when he says, so let your gentleness be known to everyone. Only those who are strong in the gracious love of God know how to be gentle. Only those who are gentle to themselves can be gentle to others. 
and only when the church is not anxious about its inevitable conflicts can it truly proclaim peace on earth. The Lord is near. That's always the basis of our mission. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.